Session is a podcast that displays the black man's respect in society. Session is hosted by two black men, myself, Valley G, and Javel Martinez. We touch on real life topics like politics, music, culture, values, but more importantly, we have thought provoking content. We're not here to play it safe. You could agree with us or not. We invite the rebuttals. We know the podcast won't be for everybody, but hey, this is us. The session. Two G's in a pod. Yo, 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 yo. What's good, bro? Chilling, man. Chilling. How you doing? You know, alive. I know. It's, it's, it's incredible that we can say that, right? Right. In these, in these trying times, listening to, man. Um, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? What's good? What's good, everybody? Man, yo, we hit 300 views. 300 views. So... Just want to thank everybody out there for that. Much love and appreciation for that. 300. You know, never thought we would, you know, make it this far. As quickly as we did, too. It's right. a little surprising, man. But we appreciate y'all showing us love. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I, I definitely caught it on my timeline. It was um, a lot of uh, chaos going on on social media the past couple days. Um, but when has it not been you're right you're right but you know what i I guess it was kind of surprising because it seemed like civil war within within ourselves you feel me like yeah you know the black community is you know calling out everybody you know i not i don't necessarily agree um but you know i'm glad that we're at a point where we're not scared to uh i guess speak our mind and uh say how we feel um, but I, I really think there's just, you know, an extent that people are kind of pushing the limit a little bit. Uh, cancel culture, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yo, like, we, we got to remember the character of some of these people that y'all are calling out, you know. Um, you know, uh, a lot of these people that are uh, being branded as not doing anything or they're not here for for our society or our people, you know, we got to remember some of these people have been fighting before you, you guys decided to jump aboard and started yeah, just, fighting. Just you know? because they don't publicize it doesn't mean, uh, just because you don't publicize doing the work doesn't mean you're not doing the work. Right. Um, right so right. I, I think, yeah, definitely got to be careful, but you know, fucking man, let's go ahead and dive into it. Um, so if you, if you missed all the chaos, uh, over this past weekend, um, there was a, I don't, I don't know if I'd call it beef, uh, there was some tension between No Name and uh, J. Cole. Um, for those who don't know, uh, No Name, originally Chicago, No Name, right? yeah, originally No Name Gypsy, um, as, as I once knew her, you know, obviously dropped the Gypsy and she's No Name now, and uh, Jermaine Cole, obviously from the Dreamville team, uh, got into a little bit of a of a squabble. If, but, I don't even know what you But would you even qual- yeah, because yeah. like, I, I personally feel like black Twitter made it bigger than what it really was uh black twitter just became just divided but i mean before we we, we go into that do you yeah. know how, how it started yeah go ahead go ahead um i mean for anybody that did, didn't kind of catch it uh you know uh, no name allegedly tweeted something uh and i'm, I'm just reading the tweet off real quick it says poor black folks all over the country are putting their bodies on the line in protest for our collective safety and y'all favorite top selling rappers not even willing to put up a tweet niggas hold discographies be about black plight and they're nowhere to be found. So, um, you know, that's that's what No Name tweeted. Uh, she later on deleted that tweet. Um, mm. But I guess the damage had already been done once, you know, that, that came out there. Um, so, uh, 24 hours later, uh, Jermaine Cole released uh, Snow in the Bluff. Right. Um, which, you know, I guess responded to that particular tweet. 
Um, and it did not go over which, well. Which he has every right to. It, just saying, it, it did not go over well in the female community. And that prompted a response from No Name, uh, who dropped song 33 24 hours later. What was you know, talking about in that song? I didn't hear uh, that. The, the, uh, it's about a minute. Um, I, if you haven't heard either of the songs, I recommend you go listen to them. I think they're both wonderful songs. Um, I don't have a problem with the artists ever expressing themselves through their art because that's what they're that's what here to, yeah, that's that's what they're here to do. Um, so I, I I saw no problem with her her response. Um, she has since apologized for the song, um, and basically said, "Hey, you know, my ego got the best of me. I, I didn't need to uh, what, what release was, the track." What was she talking about in the song? Um, she just kind of talked about how Jermaine took the time to uh, mm. you know tweet and say something about her instead of talking about the issues at hand. Um, so uh, it it was just a lot of divisiveness within this whole uh situation and and that's the problem i have man i was like that's just the that's the issue i have because within this whole you know 72 hour span uh we just became divided right we spent a whole three four days you know pissing each other off yeah cussing each other out calling calling each other every name in the book and we didn't get anywhere collectively on it We, we didn't get anywhere um, within me saying all that, um, this is what I'll say. I think No Name was wrong for tweeting that. Um, I've I seen people in my timeline saying, well, she didn't say J. Cole. She didn't say Kendrick Lamar. But the two people that we know that are the top-selling rappers that... My, my issue is, like, he's... The, those two artists are not big Twitter artists. You feel me? They're not going to come on Twitter and give you a whole lot of interaction. They've never done that. That's right. just not how their platform works. That's not the type of artist they are. Um, the one thing I say about Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole is that they do do the work. Um, they have a, a they plethora of fans. yeah, they, they have a plethora of track records of doing the work. And the one thing I say about No Name is she has a, a track record for doing the work too. So um, let me speak to that real quick. If you do not know about No Name, I definitely recommend you go check her out. Um, whether you have Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Amazon, whatever, whatever you you uh, your your platform uses to. Uh, basically find your music i do recommend you go check her out as an artist i've been following her since about 2013 uh the first time i heard her she was on chance the rappers as the rap album mm-hmm. um and i've been a fan ever since then uh i want to say the telephone album is, is one of my favorites um so you know I, I really recommend people you know really go check her out regardless of how you feel about the whole situation um she's a great artist i believe she's one of the better female hip-hop MCs out there that's able to put different flows and words together so I was just kind of like I was kind of torn because it's like I'm a fan of both and I don't have a problem with the way they engage activism I just know that they choose to do it differently she has the book club whereas Jermaine wants to do things with the with the protests and he wants to do things with the you know his uh you remember with the four wheel drive with the house and, and yeah and, and even putting when that out to single moms yeah, yeah like, and I was just uh, or Ferguson as well so I'm just kind of like I'm like why I'm like why would you come out and say that um so once she kind of tweeted that and deleted it obviously uh you know Cole came with Snow in the Bluff and I didn't take Snow in the Bluff as a disrespectful song but when I came to my time I'm like yo they're really I, and I'm just call call like I see it I, there's a lot of women killing that song calling Jermaine Cole a misogynist and and every, just every name in the book and I was just kind of shocked like y'all are really trying to cancel Jermaine Cole now this is what I say Jermaine Cole is not above criticism like you can criticize anybody you want but I don't blame him for coming back and responding 
the way he did. And let, let's just let's you know for, let the record show he he didn't call this young lady out her name. I feel like it's probably one of the more respectful mm. conversations that you know you can have. <clears throat> to me, it, it just seemed like more of a lyrical conversation. Hey, he responded with something. She responded with something. Unfortunately, right now, and I just need people to understand something. Right now, doesn't matter who's right. Doesn't matter who's right, who's wrong. Because at the end of the day, cops is still killing black folks. Doesn't matter if you're man, woman, trans, lesbian, gay, straight, whatever. That's their target audience. That's their discography, and that's what they talk about. It's going to be Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. Like Those are the two biggest rappers that talk about black plight and have built a whole platform off of it. Mm. Um, and this is what I say, man. Like when you have platforms, you're because everyone has a platform now, and everybody has social media now. Everybody feels entitled that they can, you know, uh, critique any and everybody, and that's fine. You're allowed to critique people, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. But what you put into the universe, you better be ready to receive back. Like nothing gives me the right to criticize someone else, um, and then get upset when they criticize me back. Like that's just kind of the way things work in the world. If I criticize you on something you do, you do have the right to respond to what I'm saying. The same way we can put out some content in this podcast, and people have a right to come back and, and call us out for it. We're never going to tell you you can't do that. That's your right as an individual. Um, but you better be ready for <laughs> for the blowback. That comes within that. Right. And that's kind of the problem I had. Like, yo, that, that tweet didn't need it to be put out. And that, and that and to me, that just caused the whole domino effect. Like, why would you say that? And then that bullet doesn't recognize any of that. Mm-hmm. That chokehold doesn't recognize any of that. It just recognizes the death. That's it. So, like, we really need to take time and think about what are we, what are we really doing? Are, are, we, are we coming together? Are we really getting anywhere? Because last time I checked... We both need each other in this in this battle, you know what I mean? And and that's that's where I'm at with it, right? So I wasn't really offended or felt any kind of way about um, No Name or J. Cole's response or anything like that. I was more disappointed with, you know, the Twitter community because of exactly what you just said, right? We're, we're taking things out of context, actually. We put celebrities on a pedestal too much in general, right? What, what, what did Chappelle t- tell you? You know what I mean? <laughs> we don't need... This is what we need to stop doing, man. Stop putting these guys on a pedestal. Right. Stop. They're not... You can love them for their art. You can love them for their music. They're not role models at the end of the day. They're just not. I'm just... Charles Barkley said this 20 years ago. I am not a role model. I should not be the one raising your kids. Right. This is like their. You should not look to me as an example of what you should be or should do. No. It's only certain people that that can really give you, you know, that kind of image. And they'll let you know that that's the type of image they're trying to display. Right. Okay. LeBron James is a perfect example of that. He tries to actively be a role model. Shout out to LeBron for starting the the More Than a Vote organization. Um, You guys didn't know about that. LeBron started an organization with athletes. to basically help spread awareness in voting and um, try and basically combat voter suppression. A lot of that going on in uh, Kentucky and Georgia. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, that's, that's the crossroads that I'm at. You know, we're putting, you know, celebrities on a pedestal. You know, this is their job. You know, making music is their career. Just as a doctor is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going in the hospital and saying, well, all you black doctors aren't speaking up on the behalf of what's going on. Well, you don't you don't know what they're doing, right? Um, another thing that we were doing 
um, as a black uh, culture and as people is, you know, we're forgetting what these people have done prior to this current incident, right? So I could see if J. Cole had like a track record of not supporting the black community or, you know, not giving back. You know, doesn't he have a concert where he only charges like a dollar for people to right? So, you know, and 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 just like we mentioned, you know, um J. Cole was out there protesting. He was out there marching. He was in Flint. He was in Ferguson. You know, all of these things that he has done beforehand, um, you know, and then the fact that this song comes out in response to a woman, it, it, it's kind of like, now it's like, you know, oh, well, J. Cole's dissing women and J. Cole's doing that. And it's just like, real, this is about the music right now. This is, what, this is what that conversation between them, you know, is about the music. And if you really listen to the song, you know, J. Cole not only addresses that thing with no name but i really feel like it's more of an address to you know black people in general because no name's not the only one that quote unquote feels that way and at the end of the day j cole is still jermaine he's still a person right so these people are still human so we're out here expecting the most out of these celebrities and stuff like that but at the end of the day we should already know that you know, we, we, we have to count on each other as a whole and not just look for individual people. And I think that what we've been going through and what we've had going on all of these years would have attested to that. You know, you have like people like T.I., you have people like Killer Mike, who are very heavily involved in the movement of the progression of Black people. And, you know, I feel like, God forbid they say the wrong thing. God forbid they wake up on the wrong side of the bed. So, you know. so what do I always tell you, right? I say, hey, man, it's, it's never, I don't fault a celebrity for not saying anything. Right. Because if you're not educated in the issue, you shouldn't say anything. Yeah, Otherwise, you come out sick of looking stupid. Yeah, you'll come, you come out looking ignorant. And then so Twitter so, will kill you on that. Yeah, right? so some, sometimes it's good to just shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up and let the people that are educated and know what they're talking about speak. Let right. them speak. Right. Let the activists speak. Let the people out here that's been doing the work speak. And you know what? Sometimes... Sometimes I'm better at being a follower than mm -hmm. being a leader. Right. You know what? You have more of an expertise in the issue. I'm going to let you lead because you're an expert. So I want people to understand something. Newsflash. If a person is an expert in an area, they're probably not going to be an expert in another. Mm -hmm. It's a reason you're an expert in that area. Right. Most people can only be an expert in one area because you're dedicating so much time and effort into being exceptional at that area. Okay. Example. LeBron James is a great basketball player. I don't expect LeBron to be a great hockey player. You wanna know why? He hasn't put the last, you know, 35 years into playing hockey. He's put the last 35 years into playing basketball. So, you know, it's to me that's a very easy concept to understand. But this whole thing, I was just I was really disappointed in, in us as a community. Like we 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 really took that and rolled with that and we got nowhere. We just we just went and became divisive instead of just saying, "Hey, you know what? Let's come together and let's try and, um, but, but you what? know, address these issues." And I understand the female community being upset. Let me let me not say this. I don't think anybody should try and control um, someone else's form of expression. With that being said, that's exactly what that tweet indicated to me that you're trying to control someone else's message or you're trying to hold them to a standard that they're probably not trying to hold their, themselves to. Well, honestly, like, bro, I think. 
I think the J. Cole song really and truly just came at the wrong time. Yeah, that's what people because, are saying, but you know what? Well, well no. I, I'm not saying he shouldn't have put it out. I'm just saying, like, trending on social media yep. around that time Heighten, was... Heightened level of sensitivity. Right. Obviously, we've seen but not, se- several videos of black women being assaulted by black exactly, men. Exactly, exactly. So, so right. All right. the whole movement of black men, you should also care this, about black women. So, so, this, so this is my thing, right? And this, this is the issue I have. And I'm, I'm going to be very direct when I say this. The actions of a few do not represent the majority. Mm-hmm. They do not. Those several videos out there, they're wrong. Right. Okay? But you're not finna come and tell me that I don't protect black women. You're not finna tell me, my family, my friends, that we don't step in. We see something wrong. I know when me and you go out and we see something wrong, we'll step in. Right. Okay? We don't hesitate to take that kind of action. Done it before. And I know the people that surround me and I surround myself with act the same way. Okay, you're my brother. I gotta be able to check you. So I challenge all, all my my any any black male that's that's listening to this podcast, you know what I'm saying? I challenge you to hold your brothers accountable. You know what I mean? Check them when they're out of line. Um, this is the type of shit that should not be happening. I shouldn't be able to go on Twitter and see five videos circulating of black women getting thrown in a dumpster, getting hit in the face with a skateboard, or, or getting backhanded, or getting pulled out the car, or you know, in a lot of these videos that I'm seeing are young black men. You know what I'm saying? Like young males that are doing this. So, you know, I don't know if it's if it's role models. I don't know if it's, you know, they don't have a father in the house. I don't know if it's just lack of guidance. I don't know what the hell it is. Honestly, I but was I, oblivious to it. Like, I, I didn't know it was I an mean, actual thing, quote unquote. Look, man, I, I, I understand, you know, women being vulnerable and being upset about it and then that song dropping and then being upset right. but i think it's just misplaced like that's not a, the actions like i said the actions of a few do not represent the majority i know for every time i hear oh uh these niggas ain't shit i can i can point a black educated well-spoken um respectable black man that's doing the right thing we're out here it's not like we don't exist we are here it's just a lot of times we're overlooked or a lot of times you know the, something that's negative is always going to get the attention over uh, the positive. Positive. clearly like look what's going on so yeah i, I mean i definitely agree i mean we just, we just had father's day you're not you're gonna sit here and tell me you didn't see uh, uh, uh i look i look on my timeline plethora of proud black fathers that are out raising their kids uh, and and I'll, I'll take it a step further plethora not only of proud black fathers raising their kids but they're all a, a, a majority of them married to black women mm have beautiful black children that are doing the right thing. Right. Oh, that we don't get that type of stuff represented enough. It's like we always want to focus on the negative. And I'm just like, yo, I'm tired. I'm t- I'm tired. Point blank period. I'm just tired. Like I'm frustrated. I'm tired. That's where I'm at with this. Like I'm not I'm not trying to be divisive anymore. I'm trying to come to you and say, oh, you know, I'm trying to protect everybody because you know, we're like I said, we're in this together. We need one another. We need each other. Man. We we are not going to be able to do this alone. So, yeah. I mean, that's all I got. Us. That's where I stand with that. I think I, I really hope people let that go and move the fuck on because it's not that important. I think uh, Cole and No Name will work that out themselves. I, I don't it, think it's a real beef. I mean, if I, I mean, it, I mean I, honestly, I didn't take it that way. Either. I don't think it's real beef. Right, I don't think I, I don't I, think I, that's a legitimate. And we've heard Cole diss somebody before have y'all not heard false prophets everybody dies have we not heard uh 
1985 to the fall off. Like, we, I've heard Jermaine diss somebody before. So, I'm, I'm just not taking it that way. The same way, I know No Name could have fired way more shots than that in her response. Right. And, I, and, and understand something. I don't have an issue with her responding to the song. I have an issue with her response because she brought attention to some real issues and still had time to address what she wanted to address. I, to me, that's a lyrical conversation. The same way when Cole had, I think it was a, he he dropped false false prophets and I guess he he hinted at Wale mm. and Wale came back and dropped Groundhog Day. Right. And that wasn't a diss. That was more of a lyrical conversation. And, you, and what do you see? The next time you see him, they both at the game chilling courtside, uh, watching a basketball game together. So I mean, it was just like to me, it was just like them checking each other. I mean, at the end of the day, like uh, we do that now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But so if anything, you know, like everybody needs to be held accountable. That, that that's fine. I'm good with that. Everybody needs to be held accountable. But let's not try and hold people to different standards. Yeah. Let's hold everyone to the same standard. Let's just be consistent with. It. That's all. Yeah, consistency is key, bro. Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's what we need to do is be consistent, and not just because we're angry you know, and upset that we have to look at every single thing and now add that to the to the list of uh, quote-unquote problems or issues. Um, you know, there's bigger things at hand that we need to pay attention to and that we need to be informed about. Um, you know, right now we're arguing and talking and uh, debating over, you know, this that has occurred. But in reality, what we need to be talking about and what we need to be paying attention to is the actual... Uh, the real issue at hand that's upcoming is, you know, in November. Election um, time. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we got, you know, here in Florida, they're talking about, you know, the the corona, uh, the rise of the corona and all of these things. The and, numbers are going up. And, and I'm not, as a healthcare worker, I'm not doubting that more people are, are getting positive results for corona. Um, I think the one thing that number 45 have actually been smart and said, even though he sounded like an idiot, was when more people get tested, you're going to get more positive results. Correct. Yeah. Um, but so, obviously, what I really feel like is that um, America's at it again, right? right? What did I say? We, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago where once we start coming together as a people, they're going to have to figure out a way to slow us down or to stop us, right? Right. So now that we're mobilizing, now that we're coming together and we're really, you know, trying to hopefully continue a a fight for humanity for all, um, you know, there are certain things that are starting to come up or to scare you guys to prevent you from not going to the polls, right? So they're talking about the rise of the, the coronavirus, but they're not telling you that less people are... are are being, you know, admitted into the hospital for it. They're not telling you that, um, you know, there's things that you could do at home to, to fight off uh, the virus or anything like that. Um, yeah, there's a way, way more people are asymptomatic to it right now. Um, they're not telling you these things. They're trying to scare you uh, to keep you away from the poll. You know, so I, just be, you know, cognizant of that and mindful Ladies and gentlemen, this is why this is why this is why early voting matters. Mm -hmm. This is why absentee ballots matter. So just don't forget you have these tools, you know, to utilize at your discretion. So, you know, utilize them. They're they're there for a reason. Early vote early voting is here for a reason. You know, absentee ballots are here for a reason. Utilize them. And and uh from what I heard and and this could kind of go into what uh, you mentioned earlier about LeBron James is that 
make sure you know who you're voting for prior going to the polls. What I understand, they're actually taking off uh, the, the party affiliation for each candidate. When you go in there, you know, make sure you have an idea of who you're voting for, you know, and you, what they stand for. Yeah, you are able to get sample ballots as well. So you are able to get, you know, uh, sample ballots to see what it'll look like and kind of, you know, research who you want to vote for. But just, you know, make sure you're aware. I know in, I think I want to say in, sometime in August, um, you know, uh, the district attorney for Orlando, we're, we're, that's going to be put up. Right. To, to a vote yeah. um, that's going to be really important because we want somebody that's going to be progressive out of those candidates um so i think it's really important that we you know that that's a, a, a key one to look at because right. uh you know that's not a november uh election that's an elected official that is going to come from our community and this so, is a vote that i'm not saying that you know the presidency doesn't matter but this, this person is going to what's going to make change locally, right? Right. So that's the type of, uh, you know, voting that counts for our community and not just for the country. So, yeah, like like Valley G said, make sure you really, you know, take 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 heed to your right. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about rights and liberties. You know, let like, let's show up at the polls and let's, like, let's really show them, you know, how upset we are. You know, we don't care how long the line is. We don't care how long we have to wait. You know, people have been protesting for 20 plus days straight. 20 plus days but, straight. But the media will show you otherwise. Right. Um, so you kind of touched on it earlier. You you, you introduced that um, LeBron has an organization now where he's... Um, Assem assembled a, a plethora of, of athletes in, in the sports community to come together. And not just athletes, entertainers as well. Um, I believe the most recent person to come to join is uh, Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chief uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback uh, that's hopped on board, too, to spread uh, voter awareness right. um, and try and combat voter suppression. Um, the name of that organization is More Than a Vote. Um, you know, LeBron kind of represents the more than an athlete. Uh, you know, obviously he, he produced the, the, what was it, the... Um, special uh shut up and dribble um mm -hmm. the kind of focused on uh you know the civil action that that athletes were taking um and, and you know the voice and political climate which bl black athletes have done for years and years and years on end since you know uh, we've been Muhammad in this country Ali. yeah jim brown kareem bill russell you know all these people have stepped up and, and have tried and obviously the latest we have is colin kaepernick um who looks who who and make no mistake colin is going to be immortalized as a hero. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, and we'll remember it, what the NFL didn't do. Yeah. Um, so I don't, uh, and, and um, just to kind of piggyback off that, I don't know if you caught it yesterday, but uh, the day before, uh, Bubba Wallace had, had Bubba Wallace, oh, a, yeah. a NASCAR, NASCAR racer, the yeah. only black uh, NASCAR driver. Um, there was a noose found in his, his garage area wait, uh, wait, before. Wait, wait, wait. I heard you. I don't think the people heard you. You kind, you kind of were speaking real fast. No, they I'm sorry. Little, so, yeah. so Bubba Wallace is a, a, black nascar driver right. um he's the only black nascar driver um in the area obviously the garage is, is like a sacred area uh, it's probably uh more comparative to like a locker room right. respected uh, area yeah respected area among uh his peers like the home team doesn't go to the visitor locker room and the visitor team doesn't go to the home team um so you know it's more of a sacred area and, and it supposedly is a really secure area so only so many people have access to it uh, there was a noose found hanging in his area mm -hmm. of the garage. Now, um, 
one of the crew members noticed the noose um, and alerted the NASCAR officials. Um, so Bubba Wallace didn't actually see the noose. Uh, it was removed before he made his way back into the garage. Um, but once that was brought into to NASCAR, NASCAR um, went ahead and launched a full-scale investigation. And they actually contacted the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigations, the FBI, to come in and help conduct an investigation and find out who decided to hang that noose mm-hmm. in Bubba Wallace's area. Um, now, this is all just speculation. Uh, most people believe this is a response to the uh, Confederate flag, flag being, being banned right. from NASCAR. Bubba Wallace two weeks ago came out and basically made a, a very strong stance saying that NASCAR should uh, remove the Confederate flag because it is offensive to people. And um, especially, allow it. especially black people and people of color. Like right. in, in point blank period, that's how it's viewed. I don't care what the argument is. You can say heritage. You can say history. You can say whatever the hell you want. As a black man, I am offended by the Confederate flag and everything it represents. And the greatest comparison I can give you is if you go to freaking Germany, there you're not going to see them flying Nazi flags. Okay? They don't want that part. Nobody wants to remember that part of history. Um, so, you know, Bubba Wallace, obviously a, a, a news found Haynes area. Um, there was plenty of people outside of Talladega uh, trying to protest with their Confederate flags. Uh, and there was actually a plane being flown over um, asking to defund NASCAR and flying a Confederate flag. So some uh, a portion of the NASCAR fans are upset uh, that the Confederate flag has been banned from NASCAR. Um, and I applaud NASCAR yeah, for, they, for, they, they for being progressive and saying, you know what, yeah. we, we want to be inviting and, and welcoming of everyone. of everyone. So we're going to remove this. And, I'll and it's this, banned. You can't bring it in either. Yeah, and, and yeah. rightfully so. You shouldn't. Right. Um, and you know what? I'll, I'll step it up to NASCAR even more. Um, and uh, the driver, Jimmy Johnson, um, as soon as uh, that noose incident happened, um, they didn't actually race that day. It was some issues going on with the track as well, from what I heard. Um, they ended up racing the following day. Um, all the drivers and crew members came together. And pushed his car. And pushed uh, Bob Wallace's car to the, the front of the uh the track as they walked behind him as the, the, the anthem was being played and in walked in solidarity with him. And that I think is one of the most powerful images I've ever seen in, in sports. Um, I would love to see I, a lot of people were saying that NASCAR has done more than the, the NFL, NFL has done for four years. Yeah. Four years for, for first at, and I think the craziest thing about that is, and the reason that's so significant is because the NFL is 75% black, black as in, Black people, not people of color, not ethnicity, black men represent 75% of that sport, okay, in terms of playing. And that one driver Mm. in NASCAR was able to garner more solidarity from his white counterparts than the rest of the league was. That's a shame. That that, That is a black eye on the NFL, and they should be ashamed. That people are saying that, and they deserve every every bit of criticism they receive for it, because they should have done more. And I guarantee you, players are going to be doing more this year. I can assure you that. Um, so I, I I think it was a a, a really powerful thing to see. Um, unfortunately, Bubba didn't win the race, but he placed 14th, so that, that was pretty good. You know, top 15 finish 
is is always a positive finish uh, because that is believe it or not that's a difficult sport. And um, you know, by NASCAR taking that approach, obviously, I think they're going to gain some more fans uh, that look a little different than the fans they're used to. Right. And that's always a positive. And a lot of respect, man. Yeah. Right. The, I mean, that they're trying to grow their sport. I don't. I applaud them for being progressive and taking that action. Um, because when you look at uh, a lot of these monuments around the southern areas and southern states are starting to come down with these Confederate monuments. Uh, the funniest thing I'm seeing this week is uh, a Mississippi State running back. Um, and I want to make sure I get his name because uh, he he really came out and took a, a very hard stance. Um, Keelan Hill, the Mississippi State uh, running back, uh, he's probably the best running back in the uh, SEC conference, has basically said um, he will not play football for the school unless the state flag is changed. Mm. His comments, and I quote, either change the flag or I won't be representing the state anymore. Um, I I don't think I need to explain Mississippi's history with black folks. Um, We'll drop the flag on on our social media for you. uh, The the state flag does contain some uh, Confederate logo on it. Um, and like, as I said before, that is offensive to black folks. Um, so I think this is one of those things that's more intriguing to me is because I, I think you're starting to see a shift now where black athletes are starting to realize the power that they have within the sport, um, especially in basketball and football, because, uh, black athletes generate a majority of the revenue for these schools. We are very powerful when it comes to these schools, especially when it comes to college football and college basketball. Um, these coaches go into these these poor communities and they recruit these kids to come play in their Power Five conferences. And these coaches make millions and millions of dollars. And these kids don't make anything. And nothing they're, even given back to the community that they came from, bro. Like, you know, there's not even like, okay, well, we're pulling a certain percentage of, you know, uh, students and athletes from this particular neighborhood or this particular state. So, we're going to, quote unquote, make sure, you know, we're giving, you know, money to the education system or we're giving, you know, money back to to keep to keep the, the community beautified or whatever the case may be. You're not doing anything. You're putting the money back in your pockets. You're you're paying, you know, your officials or, you know, people in the school system and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm glad he, I'm glad he's standing up and make making a difference and being very vocal about what he wants to happen. And I think that's what it's going to take to, you know, completely make the shift. Now, make no mistake, some college coaches, uh, there there has been there has been a lot of rumblings within college football over the past couple of weeks. Um, Chris Doyle, the uh, strength coach at Iowa, was let go. Mm. Um, you had a majority of former Iowa players come out on Twitter and basically say, hey, this guy treats his black players disrespectfully. Uh, made threats of sending them back to the ghetto. Made threats of telling them you need to cut your hair because you look like a thug. Canceling their and, scholarships. And, and just threatening threatening to, to kick them off the team. Um, uh, uh, obnoxious levels of, of discipline and just, you know, egregious comments and just total disrespect. And the thing is, I'm, uh, this is what I, I kind of had to understand. Um, my father actually uh, referees in college football. Um, he's been doing it for, I want to say, like the last 20 years. Um, so he's, he's refereed and officiated some games with uh, some of the powerhouse programs and some of the uh, smaller D1 programs as well. And the thing you have to kind of understand is these coaches make millions of dollars to coach these kids. But you would ask yourself, why would you coach 
kids that you don't like. You know what I mean? Like within the coach making all these comments, uh, it, these are racially motivated comments at that. Um, it it kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, shines a light on some things that are going on within that program. Mm. Like, hey, this is this the, these coaches have too much control over these kids, and this type of behavior should not be happening. So, before anything else leaked out, Iowa actually put this guy on min, administrative leave, and then they just flat out let him go. Okay, now that's going on in Iowa. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm a black man in Florida. If the University of Iowa comes to recruit me, I ain't going to Iowa. Right. I wasn't going to Iowa to begin with. To begin with, <laughs> yeah. because ain't that ain't nothing in that Iowa for me. But at some point, where if you know some of these kids don't have any other you know, options, choices, yeah, yeah, they're they're probably going to go there. So mm-hmm. let's kick it to another college football coach that has recently dropped the ball. Um, Oklahoma State's football coach Mike Gundy got nailed with wearing a One America News Network shirt on a fishing trip. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, his um, top running back, uh, Chubbert, basically came out and said, you know, him and his teammates uh, won't be doing anything until, you know, this behavior changes. And Oklahoma State and their athletic director managed to get ahead of the issue. And they released a video. And then uh, Mike Gundy, the, the head football coach, went on to release two more videos, basically apologizing and acknowledging that. But at you know, this point, apologies are not. Well, this is the thing. You can apologize all you want. But you I don't feel... I don't, I don't. You already know how you feel. Yeah, you already know how you feel. So the funniest thing about this whole story is Mike Gundy, about three months before, two or three months before he was exposed wearing that shirt, actually came out and made a comment about one American News Network saying that uh, the network tells it just like it is. Mm. Um, it, it gives us just the facts, and it's a great network, and that's why he listens to it and he watches it. Right now, I'm gonna let you know. One American News Network makes Fox News <laughs> look good. Okay, makes them look liberal. Okay, like that is a that is to me that is a Trump network that is built on propaganda and racism. That's what it represents to black people. So when you got this college football player coming out and saying this, yeah, I see where he's coming from. And the reason Mike Gundy has to get ahead of that is, guess what, ladies and gentlemen. Believe it or not, college football is built on black bodies, okay? You don't got no brothers on your team, you're not going to win any football games. This is a sport that black people play. And the problem I have when we come to sports, and, and, and I'm sure you heard about the Drew Brees thing, with Drew Brees yeah. not coming out initially saying that he doesn't support anybody that protests the flag. I'm just trying to fathom, how the fuck can you, can you build a whole career off throwing the football to black receivers how can you build a career off of recruiting and coaching black athletes and not understand any kind of struggle that black people go through in America? Because it's embedded in them. You know, this isn't this isn't a a learn this is a learned behavior, right? So mm-hmm. they they might not even understand how they're thinking of things. Um, I was watching this video that it, it kind of relates to it. Um, where this girl kind of, I think they were like in a uh, forum or something, and uh, they just had a concert, and a, a white girl asked the black uh, panelist, well, how how is it fair that I can't say the word nigga in a song, um, you know, but, you, you know, you guys say it all the time, 
how come I can't fit? You know, if I fit, I'm considered racist or whatever. And the I think the panelists did a really good job at giving examples of of why it's not okay, right? So he pretty much broke it down in layman terms of, you know, he was just like, hey, you know, when my wife hangs out with her homegirls, mm-hmm. you know, she, you know, they refer to each other as bitch. They're like, hey, exactly. what's up, damn bitch? You know, mm-hmm. he's like, I'll be damned if I call my wife a bitch. You know, I don't, I don't understand the pain and plight. Of, of a woman, so nothing justifies right. me right. to use that term. I don't know that pain. Right. And I don't know. I've never been. I've never been in your shoes. I don't know. You know that experience. So no, it doesn't entitle me with the right to use that word. Right. So then he further on went along the lines of saying, you know, um, you know, I would never go up to a gay person and be like faggot or you know anything because, like that. Because I, unfortunately, I've, I've never been gay. So, I don't know the pain. And the harassment and the issues one would have to deal with, you know, because of, you know, the, their choice in sexuality. You right. know what I mean? Which is crazy. You shouldn't have to deal with anything. But I don't understand that pain. So nothing gives me the right to try and, you know, utilize that work. So now, right, he kind of flipped on her. was like, I don't see you guys going out there saying, oh, well, I want to call you guys faggots, but I can't. Or I want to call, you know, females bitches, but I can't. So the fact that you guys can't call us nigger because, and, and now you want to. So pretty much, you know, he kind of gave that example to her about this is a learned thing for you guys, for white people that, you know, this is the one thing that you can't do. So now you know how it feels to be black because there's a million things that we can't do, you know, or get away with that that the white uh, white people get away with or the white people can do. And they are taught, bred, and, and learned that this country, this world, everything here is theirs. And they could do whatever they want. And, you know, it, it's a reality, you know, and it's a reality that's being exposed on all levels. So to relate it back to the football thing, like you're saying, like these coaches – this is how they were bred, and they're raising their kids the same way. They're they're treating their white football players on their team the same way. So I'm glad that you know there's black players actually standing up and and demanding. And and guess what? The option is yours, and they're doing it in a peaceful way. Like, hey, if you don't if you don't want to make this change, then I just won't play. You know, and and I think this kind of goes into the next topic as far as like. You know, a lot of people pushing for these black players just to play for HBCUs. So, be- because of all these college coaches dropping the ball, and another one is uh, Mike Norville of Florida State basically came out and said he had one-on-ones with his players concerning, you know, the Black Lives Matters issues and, you know, the police brutality issue. And, and that turned out to be a lie. His players protested, um, and they said they wouldn't do anything until, you know, the situation was rectified. And he came out and gave an apology and apologized for how he conveyed his message all right, fine, whatever. You just flat out lied and you got caught. Look, I'll kick it like this. You are going to see black athletes start jumping shit. Mm -hmm. This this is where we're at now. And I'll say this about football, and I could actually say about basketball as well. To my black athletes, I'm speaking to you. Go to an HBCU. Because at least there, you'll have somebody that understands you. Now, most athletes go to these schools because if if I'm 18, 17, 18 years old and I'm choosing a Power 5 school, the reason I'm going there is because I'm trying to make it to the league. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get to the league. 
Point blank. Period. But you're gonna nothing's wrong. The same nothing, thing when you go to the no, nothing's wrong with that. But this is this is this is the thing. You don't need to play at a big school to get to the league anymore. The league will find you. Mm. The internet exists, ladies and gentlemen. Social media exists. We will find you. The the league will find if you are good enough. The league will find you. You can go to a HBCU ball out and get to the NFL. You can go to a HBCU ball out and get to the NBA. Okay, you can get to 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 the next level. It's not impossible, and it can be done. And you have players already out there that have currently done it. So I think it's one of those things that we need to start pushing at. And if you still want to go to a Power Five school, I would say if if one thing, a question you should be asking is who's on that staff? Okay? I'm not going to play at a school that has an all-white staff. You don't have anybody of color on your staff? When the sport is 75% black, you mean to tell me that you don't have a coordinator, uh, an assistant coach, athletic trainer, uh, athletic trainer, strength coach. You don't have nobody black on your, st- on your staff. That tells me what type of team you are. That, and that tells me what type of organization you're about to run. And I'm not about to play for that. I'm not. And that's the questions. That's I, I really do think you're. I, I think it's inevitable, and it's already been kickstarted, especially with all these college football coaches now getting exposed for the behavior that they've been not only perpetuating, but the behavior that they display. Okay. It, it, it's just the line has been drawn now. Black people are tired. We're tired. And I think these athletes are really starting to wake up and realize, you know what? This is how much I have. I have more power than I thought. You know what? I can take my talents elsewhere. I don't need to go play for this coach no more. He don't care. These guys do not care about you. They and don't. I, and I, I, I think that's what you said, bro. Everybody is tired. Everybody is fed up. Um, you know, and it, it, we're seeing it. We're seeing it across the board. You know, and... And what I want to point out is that it's being done in a respectful manner. It's being done in a good light. And you guys haven't seen this stuff on the media. If you're not out there looking for it, you know they'll they'll play it. They'll 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 play it quickly for you. But they're not talking about this. They're not talking about you know these coaches and and the these programs and things like that. They're not talking about these things. So you know I'm glad that. Um, the athletes that did come forward are coming forward, and I really hope that a lot of them really look into consideration to going to HBCUs and and you know getting that support from people that look like if, them. If if not, I mean, there's two things I can say. It sh- we shouldn't. It shouldn't only be three to four black head football coaches in in college football. That makes no sense. It shouldn't be you know three black head coaches. In the NFL and two black GMs. That makes no sense. We represent 75% of the fucking sport, guys. So you mean to tell me after I'm done playing, I don't want to have a coaching job? You mean to tell me after I'm done playing, I don't want to be a quarterback coach? I don't want to be a wide receiver coach? I don't want to be a running back coach? I don't want to be a trainer? I don't want to be a GM? I don't want... I think uh, Martellus Bennett had the greatest um, series of tweets I've seen. Uh, about two, three weeks ago, back when Drew Brees released that comment, um, you know, talking about the flag and how 
you know, his father fought in, in world, his grandfather and his, his other grandfather, both his grandfathers fought in World War II and they fought for freedom and justice and blah, 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 blah. Freedom for and, who? Yeah, and he, but I'm just saying he gave the cookie cutter Captain America American white boy speech that always worked for him, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm call it what it is. Tone deaf and ignorant. Because guess what? My grandfather fought in that same war. And when he came back home, guess what? They spit in his fucking face and call him a nigger. Okay? Still had to come home to dealing with issues. So, so you're not going to tell me, oh, all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, you know, the American flag is, is so much more important. Like, uh, and I think that's what, kind of what Martellus Bennett was basically laying out there. And he's saying, look, you know, when, you, when it comes to all these other, you know, positions and jobs in not just the National Football League, but I'll take it a step further in college football as well, the representation is not there. And that's what we mean when we say systemic racism. It's not there. You know, and it, it yeah, the NFL has a race problem. College football has a race problem. Guess what? America has a race problem. Stop and, stop and, trying to tell me it doesn't because I have all the history in the world to tell me that it does. And if you can't see that, then you, you really you, don't know your history. Yeah, and you just, and you're just willingly ignorant. You guys taught us your history. So I know your history, right? So when we talk about how America was founded and the things that America did prior to where we are today, let's not forget about that. You know, let's let, let's not forget about, you know, all the Native Americans that, that we, we kicked out of their land, uh, raped their women, killed kill killed the men. Let's not let's not go down the history lesson of things um, in in reality, we're talking about the American flag. People are talking about the Confederate flag. You know, we're just talking about stop killing black people stop. at this point, and and holding law enforcement accountable when they do. Do you see you see the trailer for the new uh series? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, wow, right? It is. I, I think, and it's crazy. So the new series, the trailer dropped for uh the new series Cracker. Um. And I, come to find out, man, it's it's actually a, a white director and a white producer wow. um, that have worked okay. with the majority of like black entertainers and black hip hop artists. So uh, I think that was a really interesting perspective from it coming from them, um, because I know uh, it's probably going to be some more uh, white folks that are probably going to be upset. About, I, I don't think most white people will be upset. I think your racist mm-hmm. uh, white folks will be upset. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer for it, I recommend you go check it out. Um, it's really just a play on they, they take like a neo-nazi white guy um that basically doesn't like minorities and I, I don't know what happens to get him in the position that he's in but somehow he gets uh i don't know teleported or transferred back into history and the roles have been reversed yeah. uh black people have basically enslaved white folks and all the atrocities and brutality that that basically happened in slavery happening um, to him and white people mm-hmm. and i think the reason I'm, I'm i was so intrigued by seeing this is because i'm like when we talk about slavery and we talk about you know that time in history and people like to gloss over it we sometimes forget how brutal slavery really was like we we think that slavery was just oh uh you were a servant and you just had to do what i say or or, or the, we think the worst thing that happened to you was you got whipped no or you got raped and like we need to understand the brutality of it not only that anything and everything could happen to you at any moment and not just pulled away from your family yeah 
You know, you're 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 having to. You're not allowed to speak your language. You can't read. You can't write. You can't learn. I remember how shocked I was when I found out what buck breaking was. What's that? Um, buck breaking was where basically slave masters would take uh, black male slaves mm-hmm. and rape them in front of their family mm. as a form of control. Control. Imagine that. Imagine you're in front of your wife and your child, and you are getting forcibly raped in front of them, and they're forced to sit there and watch. You know how you know just how how what kind of trauma would come from that? Especially when we talk about rape, like rape already is so damn traumatic to happen to someone. Especially when you talk, especially when I talk to to women and they and they tell me about the experiences that you know. They, they, or the threat, you know, I feel like most women have at least some kind of like story where they're, were either A, they were sexually harassed or almost raped or, you know, they had some kind of negative encounter, whether it be from somebody they didn't know or, or from a friend. But like, imagine book breaking. Fucking wild, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, so, I mean, the series just kind of intrigued me in that aspect because I'm like, okay, I think people really need to understand the brutality of how, how bad slavery was. And, like, this stuff is ingrained in our culture. Like, so when we talk about lynching, keep in mind all these nooses that we've been finding, you know, in all these states. The, the like, five or ten, the dozens of nooses that were found in New York, right? Or the the, the several, I think it was at least, seven, six, at least seven. seven black people, let alone, you know, over the past week and a half have been found lynched. And they fed that. And they're trying to rule it suicide. suicide. Do you know what... what would have to happen for someone to be, you know, to someone to lynch themselves, to hang themselves suicide. Especially at the height that some of these things. And, and are. I don't. This is just me. I don't know too many people that commit suicide in a in a public setting by lynching themselves. You know how hard that is to do. First of all, yeah. now when I when I have seen that happen, usually that happens at home or in some kind of intimate setting. Okay, not out in public. You know. Where, ev- where everyone can see you. Right. It, and that's, that's where the rooting of lynching came from. It was supposed to put that body on public display as a message um, so, to the other black people or the slaves or whatever. Like, you're not welcomed here. This is what's going to happen if you step out of line or if you continue to come here. You know, and, and it's crazy that, you know, you touch on slavery and you touch on all these things that are happening and, and that, occur- that has and is continuing to occur is that a lot of people don't really realize, you know, we're talking about three to four generations ago. These people, so when you you look at these pictures of of black people being lynched, and not just being lynched, um, there were cases where black folks were mutilated before they were even lynched, where they cut your fucking, a black man have his dick cut the fuck off and put force in his mouth, and then they'll hang him. Mm. Okay, a lot of this stuff that's happening in these photographs, where you have little white kids, little white children, Teens that are smiling and posing with these these lynch bodies, standing around the bodies, laughing. These people are still. Some of these people are still alive, ladies and gentlemen. I want to say Trump's dad was found in one of the pictures. But I'm just. Some of these people are still alive. They're not. They're not all dead. I don't know why we were under the impression that, um, you know, racism just died out. Like no, these these people these people are still alive. Um, so I want to touch on something real quick. Uh, I was listening to Bomani Jones's uh podcast and he he brought on um the lawyers in the oj simpson uh trial trial with with johnny cochran Mm -hmm. um 
and something he was expressing to me that I thought, well, that I was listening to something expressed within uh, him being on the pod was he's basically saying, you know, I, I do this for a living. You know, I, I represent people that, you know, are misrepresented, misrepresented or, or brutalized by the police. I've been doing it for, you know, 40 years. Um, and within him saying that he was saying, understand something. Police brutality has not gotten worse. And I, and I had to, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Police brutality has not gotten worse. It's it really just, hasn't. It's just being exposed. It's just the only the only reason it's being exposed is because damn it, technology. We have we have camera phones. Mm-hmm. And that's all. And that's all that's happening. This stuff is just being shown and shared live, so so the so the world can see. It. That's the only difference. That's that's it. And this shit has been going on for generations. You think when Ice Cube and them was rapping about this shit that they were lying, bro? What? What is even worse to me is that it's what you just said for the world to see, right? It's like the world. The world doesn't want to acknowledge, acknowledge it, but and, and now they're being. It's like yo, you it's, have it's you, a shock. Yeah, you got you got to force them. Like y'all thought, y'all thought we was just sitting around this democracy of a country that we're trying to portray as uh, the best thing that ever happened, and every country should have a democratic republic. You know. Um, it, I, I think you know a lot of people now are Carl E. To, Douglas. That's his name. Carl E. Douglas was the the uh, the attorney. The attorney with Johnny Cochran that um that represented uh, O.J. Simpson in the yeah. O.J. in the O.J. case. Um, we just have to. We, we really just have to be smarter these days, guys. You know, um, like 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 Bali G just said, it's it it hasn't it hasn't gotten worse. It's technically, just, it's just being televised. But when they said still, the re- when they said the revolution. Won't be <laughs> it is televised now. They but, weren't anticipating. The sad part of they weren't anticipating is, the camera phone. The, the sad part is, bro. They know they're being filmed, and they're still doing. It. And they still don't care. So we we have to be more tactful. And you know, it's, it's, it's funny as hell because I'm hearing people. I'm hearing people that kind of disagree with the stance or the protest or anti who are who are all lives matter people or blue lives matter people. And keep in mind, um, if you tell me blue lives matter. Um, let me let me let me let me come out on him and say fuck you and everything you stand for because that is an occupation. Okay, you get to take the badge off, you get to take the uniform off. I don't get to take my skin off. At the end of the day, I'm still a dark skinned black man. I'm still getting profiled. So if if that's your stance on it, fuck you and everything you stand for. And I don't even want I, this whole we need to come to an understanding and unify. Nah, fuck you. The line's been drawn. You can stay over there. Um. We, when I hear this whole defund, def, people are saying defund the police. Yeah, I don't think the police should have militarized armored weapons, body armor. No, you guys don't need to have that because it's it's it. Look, it, I, it's crazy now because when I was listening to Carl E. Douglas, he was saying that you have white people that are out here protesting with us, and they're being assaulted now. They're being brutalized now. He is a white man that got shot in his fucking testicle. Okay, lost one of his testicles because he got shot with rubber bullets at him at point blank range because an officer was sitting there physically assaulting a young black woman, beating her on the ground, and he stepped in to intervene and they shot him. Think about that. You're seeing white folks, white people get brutalized by the police now for simply peacefully protesting. And that hasn't changed either. Because at the end of the day, they're in support of 
black people. So back back in the days when slavery and segregation, there was white people out there that was still supporting us, and the same thing would have happened to them. Uh, there was also a video that showed this uh, white guy in Ohio that was walking to a Black Lives Matter uh, rally, and he was surrounded by uh, other white people um, who are pro um, white power and uh, surrounded him with American flags. Mind you, there was three police officers that were there. Uh, this white man was spit on. He was punched in the face, punched in the back of the head, all in front of the police officers. And they did nothing. And they did nothing. I, I, first of all, I don't know how he remained so calm. Within all that um, happened. And he, he questioned the officer and said, hey, you know, I know you saw that. Are, are you going to do something about it? And the cop said to him, um, well, go, down, go, go ahead and go downtown and file a police report on that. Or, you know what, matter of fact, how about you go back to Cincinnati and go with those niggers and protest with them? And, you know, it 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 really made me, you know, appreciate the white people who who get it. You be know, a because, lot of a Because lot of those times, those are allies. Um yeah. Shout out to Brett Favre. Um Ashton if Kutcher. You, if, if Ashton Kutcher as well. Um Brett Favre came out and said uh, I guess he was doing a, an interview with TMZ. If you don't know who Brett Favre is, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, played for the Green Bay Packers uh, for a majority of his career. Uh, also, I think a Super Bowl champion as well. Came out and said, a country, country white man, make no mistake. Kind of a redneck type of white guy. Um, so you don't ideally hear this from a, a person of, of his, especially a person of his magnitude coming out and making the statement he made. He, made. he said, Colin Kaepernick will be immortalized as a hero. He says very few people can take a stance and sacrifice their career for things they believe in. He says he will be remembered as a hero. And I just I, I, I applaud Brett Favre because he gets it. He gets it. You know, that's the, those people, those those white people that are that are marching with us. They get it. Those are allies. You, you know, when I'm sharing stories on my Twitter and my 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 Instagram and Facebook and stuff, and I see my 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 white brothers and sisters sharing that stuff, I'm proud of them because, you know what, those are allies. But like I said, man, we got to keep the pressure on. We got to keep the pressure on. We got to make sure uh, make sure we hold people accountable too. Um, and definitely, man, make sure, make sure we, I know, I know voter suppression exists, um, but just try and utilize your resources the best way you can. And let's, let's put some asses out of office, man. Let's, let's put some asses out of the motherfucking office, okay? And let's put some people in here that's gonna that's gonna give us the answers we want, and you know they're gonna give us the the goals that we're trying to reach, because um, we need to get this thing reformed. And the time is now. Uh, I think we are starting to see change. This is the most, and I think uh, Carl E. Douglas was was talking about this too. This is this is the one point in history where I've seen the most white people ever out protesting with us. I've never had this many white brothers and sisters out here in this fight with me and that's the type of thing that makes me so proud and it lets me know okay something in this country you know generation yeah some something in this this new generation is correct something in this new generation we did something right because they're recognizing the problem and they're trying to help support you know uh, a solution yeah i mean it Living right now in 2020, you know, it, it, it either has brought in 
something to light for you, change something for you, or or it's going to destroy you. And, you know, I, I'm not the person out here who's going to tell you which one it is. But, um, you know, 2020, you know, in the beginning of the podcast, we kept saying, and I think I referenced this. I said, bro, something else is going to happen. And I don't, and I think it was like, I was like, I don't know exactly what it is. And you were like, is it going to be good or is it going to be bad? And I was just like, bro, I don't know. But, you know, I, I really feel like 2020 is going to be um, a year for the history books. You know, um, the only thing is I hope we get to write it this time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we, we, we talked about a lot today. A lot of, um, I would say, kind of heartfelt emotional um yeah we're a little more serious on this one yeah man. i wish we did i'm sorry I'm, our apologies for not giving y'all as many jokes and you know laughs as we normally do but you know it's just the climate that we in the importance of the platform that we're on it's like we want to give y'all something right you know that's a little more uh knowledgeable and you know just give you something that's a little more real today gotta educate you guys sometimes yeah you know? i mean i promise we'll get back to the shits um but with all this going on, you know, what are what are you doing to kind of keep yourself balanced or uh, to kind of decompress yourselves? Because at the end of the day, with everything going on, um, in addition to being a black man in America, you know, we have to, you know, take care of your of yourself. So, you know, are you doing anything, listening to new music, working out more? All, all that and then some. I mean, uh, some new music was dropped, man. Um, I know Wale dropped a, a nice EP. EP. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I'm not gonna. I'll say this: I didn't love it, love it, but I, I liked it. It was cool. Um, I, one of his one of his best EPs, I think, was he dropped uh, last year. You know, with the uh, with the the Kaepernick shit and the the Cassius. Uh, I think he was Cassius Clay. You know, the other EPs he dropped last year. I thought I thought had a little I, I, more. I think this was good. Yeah, it was. It was. I like. Like I said, I liked it. I just didn't love it. I think he I mean? has a very good tone. Yeah. For, um, for what for what he's doing and the climate that he's in and the message he's trying to convey, right. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm definitely a Wale supporter, so I definitely listen to that. But Tiana Taylor came with it, bro. Yeah, Tiana Taylor came with it. And it's crazy because I liked her last project too with the with the seven joints that uh, Kanye was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, how I guess people didn't really enjoy that one too much, and I know she didn't really like the way that album turned out as well. But this one, she definitely came back um, and made up for that. This this one. Whew, Drop some, has some fire on it. So, um, you know, I definitely uh, encourage people to listen, listen to those two, two projects. They were, they were lovely. And then uh, you said Tip dropped a, dropped a joint too, right? Yeah, he dropped a, um, a single. Um, it, 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 it was decent. Um, I think a lot of people are actually dropping um, some music related to what's going on yeah. um, in the country, in the in climate. The world. Yeah. Um, but you know, the most important thing is, um, you know. I think that people are finally using their craft mm-hmm. and and kind of making it relatable in some type of way. So, you know, people who do listen to music, you know, you're hearing it through music. If you if you're a TV watcher, you're you're watching it on TV. Yep. You know, not just on the news, but you know, I know Blackish, um, you know, dropped a couple of new episodes related to this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have, um, bro. Uh, I did not. For one, I'm I'm really happy that there's a lot of um, black only podcasts out there. Yeah. Um, and uh, Carlos from uh, Carlos Miller from Wild and Out yes, you know, uh, dropped a little yeah. thread. Um, and I 
I didn't know that there were so many, and uh, a lot of them really started this year, too. Um, you know, going there and, and, and checking them out, I realized that a lot of them started in 2020 um, after all of this is going on. So definitely, you know, support all of these people that are actually bold enough to speak up, speak out on these things on their up. platform. Yeah. Um, I know Valley G and I, you know, we started earlier this year, about in January, um, you know, before everything hit, and, you know, we definitely didn't know that we would be talking about this you know right yeah. now in, in this type of climate um but yeah you know just definitely being supportive of you know black people and black businesses in general yep. um yep. that's that's the majority you know thing that i think i'm doing during this time that's kind of helping me um surpass some of the emotions and things um but you know the most important thing is i, I try not to you know, look at social media um, too much. Um, it's a lot of negativity on there. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of hurt on it there. It is, you know. It is. And it, I already knew as a black culture we were hurting. You know, like as far as how we're feeling. Um, but the reality, when you actually see it over and over, and and it's not even the same videos. You know, somewhat desensitized to it, right? bro. It, it it's it's crazy. And but I say this. I love the fact that, and, and I use it this way, I love the fact that we're continuing to push our message. Right. You know, it's not like we're just laying down and not being heard. Like, we're being heard, man. We're being heard. We're keeping the pressure on. We're keeping stuff trending. Like, I said, Breonna Taylor is still keeping that trending. Amal Arbery is still keeping that trending. George Floyd, obviously. Um, my brother that, that just passed away in a, in Atlanta uh, that was, you know, shot by the cops and they kicked him on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, both of those guys you know, we're, we're, we're fired and, you know, charges are being brought. Shout out to the mayor. Of Atlanta, yeah. For, for, you know? for, for being proactive. And, and let's touch on that real and, quick. And, and, and just working ahead. And that whole situation could, it, it should have and could have been prevented. And that's the sad part about it. it. You know, all it took was just having some kind of level of sensitivity. You know, they had all this guy's information and I'm not, this is what I won't say. I'm not going to say that, that, that young man was wrong, but just because he was drunk and he was wrong, does not mean he deserved to die. Right. You know, oh, he grabbed a taser. Taser isn't lethal. And it was already deployed. So he, and he's drunk. Right. He's drunk. He's not a threat. And, and clearly we saw that in, in the beginning of the video where he was complying with everything. He was complying with everything. You say, hey, I walk home. At that point, are you an officer? It's one thing to be an officer of the law, but you're still here to serve the community. And the, the action that you could have taken... Either arrest him and cuff him or take his ass home and tell him, hey, come pick up this car tomorrow. Or B, impound the fucking car. It's just they had so many other, other options to get him. that you could have handled that. And they chose to shoot this guy. But what I want to touch on is something that we brought up before. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we have to start holding more than the people that are doing uh, the killing or these incidents yep. accountable. And yep. I'm glad that the mayor um, I, I'm not going to say she fired the chief because they said the chief stepped, she stepped down, down, but I'm pretty sure it was some conversations behind doors. But at the end of the day, you know, um, shout out to my people in Atlanta, you know, from what I hear and understand that, you know, you guys were telling me that she actually was a good police chief and I'm not, and I'm not denying that fact that she was a good police chief, but at the end of the day, she was responsible for those officers yeah. and, who knows how many countless complaints they've had or he had. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm glad to find... I, I think yeah, that's they, going to be a they, trend. They got one testifying against the other. Which right. Is, 
And, yeah. and I think that's going to be a trend that we're now going to see where other people are now going to be held accountable. And, and I'm, and I'm glad that's happening. Um, you know, so, you know, shout out to the mayor of Atlanta. You you heard about the police officers in Atlanta, like walking out. And, oh yeah, bro. People are quitting. Like, yeah. Right. But then, you know, at, at, look, man, at the end of the day, everybody got a choice. And, and everybody I'll, got a choice. I'm not forcing anybody to put a badge on with a gun and go out there and, and, and protect and serve the community. Okay, I'm not. I, I'm not going to be a guy to come out here and force you to do that. That's a choice you make. You choose to do that job. Okay, you don't like you don't like the repercussions and circumstances that come with it. Quit your fucking job. Go do something else. Nobody's forcing you to do that. That's what you choose to do. Mm-hmm. Everybody got a choice in this world. Everybody got a choice. So. And then just us as black people, um, I, I wouldn't even just limit it to black people. Those who are out here protesting um, virtually or in person, um, those who are speaking up uh, virtually or in person. Yeah, man. I, um, I, I, know, I, I commend you guys. I'll say this. I'm, 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 I've been cutting people out of out of my my social media. I've been cutting people out of my life. Like If, if you stand on the other side of that line... That's fine, but just know it's over. Like we don't need we don't need to speak because I'm very I'm be, I'm very black and white on this issue, man. If you're not with, if you have an issue with Black Lives Mattering to you, you don't matter to me. Yeah, you, you can stay over there. You good? I'm not like I said. I know my oppressor. I know my enemy. And if you're complicit in that, if you're silent in that, to me you're complicit in that. You know what I mean? So now's the time. Now's the time. Um, I want to say shout out to shout out to everybody that's celebrated Juneteenth, man. Um, I had never seen that much support on that day and that much pride and and progress on that day. And it was just, I mean, the past couple of days, I'll say this have been more enjoyable on social media, especially with Father's Day and Juneteenth and all this stuff going on. Um, you know, there have been some some bright spots within that. So, you know, I'm definitely a I'm definitely happy to see that. Um, so yeah, you know, very, very happy, very happy to see that. Anything else? Um, nah, man. I mean, that's 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 pretty much it. Uh, you know. Shout out to everybody, man. I want y'all to make sure y'all safe out there. Be safe. Um, stay healthy. Uh, obviously, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, everybody just make sure you, you try and proceed with caution. Uh, obviously, don't leave the house unless you have to. You know, uh, And when you do, make sure you're wearing your mask. Make sure you got some sanitizer. Make sure you're washing your hands. And uh, you know, let's try and, uh, let's try and you know, make it through this thing together. Make sure you guys are taking your vitamins, man. But this is just like a regular cold. So, and I'm not saying just like a regular cold like that, but you know how you would prep yourself for flu season. You know, take make sure you're taking your vitamin C, um, your uh, immunity pills. So like fish oil, cod liver oil. Those things are gonna help you guys stay um, safe and healthy. Um, you know, wash your hands. Found 
such like a childish thing, but in reality, you know, there's a lot of germs and stuff on your hands and, you know, make sure you're washing your hands before you eat. Make sure you are, you know, washing your hands after you're touching other items and things like that. Um, and mo most importantly, like, you know, be safe out there. You know, um, like Valley G said, try not to go anywhere you don't have to go. Um, but if you're out there fighting that good fight and protesting and things like that, you know, be smart about it. Um, you know, like, let's d don't end up another victim. Um, you know, I don't want to see any of my friends or anybody out there protesting yeah. a, another hashtag. I don't want to see, you know, another person lost over over this fight. Um, you know, um, I want us to keep, you know, being smart and, um, you know, and productive. And, and, you know, most importantly, you know, you got to stay safe out there so we could, Indeed. you know, go out and do this again. Sur know, sur the survive day. the encounter, man. That's your only job. Survive the encounter. But, you know, uh, like, you know, Valley G said, man, we appreciate everybody, you know, tuning in, listening, yeah. uh, hearing what we're out here talking about on our platform. Um, thanks for staying with us. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, man. You know, you know some of these last few episodes been a little a little deep, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's needed. You know, what I appreciate saying? appreciate y'all feedback too, man, yeah. from the comments and, you know, the questions and all that. So, uh, you know, if y'all have any questions, concerns, yeah, feel free to reach out to us, man. We're here. Uh, we appreciate all the love and support. All right, guys. Until next time. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is your boy, Valley G and Javel Martinez. Hey, don't forget to follow us at the session underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. That is the session underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. As usual, this episode was an interpretation of the situation. Two G's in a pod.